0: Today, it's a good day to be a Washington Nationals fan because the Baltimore Orioles have officially sold their team and it means so much for your team in the nation's capital. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And, of course, I'm your host, Ryan Clare. You can catch me over on Twitter at ryanclare 11 and as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. And while you're at it, make sure to search Locked On Nationals wherever you get your podcast, including over on YouTube. And when you go search that, hit that subscriber button. And as well, if you really want to, hit that notification bell. As well, later on in today's show, the Nationals have released their spring training non roster invitees, and there are some big name prospects on that list. And this could be a sign for what's to come in 2024. We're gonna get to that in the third segment of today's show. Second off, we will be getting into is this a good thing? The Orioles sale is this a good thing for the potential national sale? Which at this point in time, you have to think that they're still considering a sale. So with whatever happened, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? I've got some thoughts on that and really just kind of one hard-hitting opinion. We'll get to that in the second segment of today's show. But let's first off react about this Orioles sale and what this means for the Washington Nationals. And most importantly, how could this help them right now in the immediate long-term plans for this team? And if you aren't aware yet, let's talk about this because the Orioles have agreed to sole Or John Angelos, the Angelos family, they've kind of been the tyrants of Major League Baseball for quite some time now. Not only affecting the Washington Nationals, but really just kind of a black eye on Major League Baseball. Camden Yards and the Baltimore Orioles, a very rich tradition franchise. You all know it. If you're a Washington Nationals fan, and if you're older than the age of 30, you probably grew up a Baltimore Orioles fan. Maybe a lot of you made this transition into being a Washington Nationals fan. So obviously, there's a lot of ties with Baltimore and as well as Washington. But most importantly, what this affects is the Masson deal. Matt Wyrick, used to cover the Washington Nationals for NBC Sports Washington. He reported yesterday that Masson is included in this sale to David Rubenstein. Now, let's just kind of react to this all here first. I did not see this coming. Angels, it was reported from Bloomberg back a few weeks ago that they were kind of nearing an agreement to sell the team, but it was kind of shot down. No one really knew what to make of it, but ultimately they have agreed to sell the team and this thing is happening. What this means for the Washington Nationals though, number one, there's hope. Simply put, there is hope. And the reason why we say that is, One of the big drawbacks from the Washington Nationals from a seller's perspective or a buyer's perspective, or really just a baseball fan's perspective, is that the Nationals, they get hosed basically annually from this Masson deal. And the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network is kind of like not a good thing right now. There's nothing about it at this point in time that's really a revenue-driven industry for this Nationals team. They're not getting anything. They're not getting the market value of what they deserve. The big issue has always been Masson with the Washington Nationals. And what has been the owner of Masson? That's been the Angelos family. The Angelos family, they when they when the Nationals first got put into Washington, D.C., the Angelos family fought that thing to the end because they were going to be losing the Washington, D.C. market, obviously. They kind of own that market down here. And obviously, that's a huge market considering you're already in Baltimore, which is a small market. Considering Washington, D.C., That's a top 10 market. So when you lose that market, obviously you're going to fight tooth and nail in which they did, and ultimately they got the better half of the deal, owning the TV rights. And the Nationals, by the way, they are the only team in Major League Baseball not to have full control of their long-term TV rights. That is an issue right then and there, especially considering that you're a big market team. This is something that you should capitalize on annually like the Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York teams. Now, obviously, you're not as big as a market as those two clubs there, but that's kind of the realm that you should be in, not really with Baltimore and Oakland of the world. I believe in 2022, Oakland profited more money off their TV rights than what the Washington Nationals did. Oakland is not a bigger market than Washington, D.C. Maybe that is some complication with California and the way that the dollar is worth over there. I don't necessarily know what the math is behind that, but that does not seem right, and it should not be right, by the way. So now that Masson is included in this sale, this opens up a whole new thing for the Washington Nationals. David Rubenstein at one point was rumored to be in on the Washington Nationals with Ted Leonsis with Monumental Sports Network. Ultimately, that hasn't really worked out at this moment in time, and he pivoted, and now he's buying the Baltimore Orioles. What does this mean for Masson, though? Because they are included in the sale. And now David Rubenstein is going to be the majority owner of the Mid Atlantic Sports Network. This is just kind of guessing. No one necessarily knows what's going to happen here. But my friend Manny Montero over on Twitter, very good follow in the law firm, just smart baseball analytical thinker. He kind of texted me and just kind of brought this up to me and it brought to my attention and it kind of little light bulb on top of my head. He brought this up and said that it could open up Rubenstein selling Masson to Leonsis, and necessarily, I didn't really think about that, to be honest. I never really thought about this possibility of him selling Masson as a whole, but I think it's a very good point that could be brought up, and that really could happen. Because Rubenstein and Leonsis, obviously, you're already in there together. They are two billionaires living in Washington, D.C., who have been here for a while, one was the owner of the Carlisle, or one of the founders of the Carlisle Group. And obviously, with that said, Ted Leonsis is one of the media empires here in D.C., owns the Capitals, owns the Wizards, and maybe could own the Washington Nationals someday as well. If they decided to go that route, number one, even before we even got to that point, you would just have to think that working relationship between Leonsis, and as well as Rubenstein, and as well as the learners as well, all these people are tied in together in some way. The learners they own a minority share, or at least they used to in Monumental Sports and Entertainment's group. David Rubenstein at one point, was connected with Leon's to potentially buy the Washington Nationals. All these three people, the three key figures in this race, they're all connected in some way, somehow. And most importantly, you don't have this tyrant, Peter Angelos or John Angelos, whichever Angelos out there, you don't have that person in that door and in your way and whatever you want to put it. You now have that big masked figure out of the way. You don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying that Masson is going to be sold to Monumental Sports and Ted Leonsis, and then we're going to finally have our TV rights deal situated. I'm sure there's a whole legal process that has to transpire, something with Major League Baseball rules and regulations, but it's also not just that, because if you've been following Valley Sports with them going bankrupt, there's a lot of different TV issues right now within Major League Baseball. What are they going to do with these regional sports networks? Ultimately, I feel like someday this is going to happen and maybe Major League Baseball will take over all the rights for it. And then there's going to be a better way for teams to profit and ultimately make the most money. Because right now, Masson, you know this, you can't stream games. What are we doing in the year of 2024 that you cannot stream games? You have to have cable in order to watch the Washington Nationals. What are we doing? That's not okay. That is not okay in the year of 2024. So right then and there, that is number one issue. But with this now, with D'Angelo Selling, Nationals fans, you've got hope. You've got hope to hopefully change this thing around, and maybe who knows what it could lead to down the line but when looking at this sale, again, one thing comes to mind, and that is hope. You can maybe just think about and kind of being a thing of the past and having monumental sports potentially come in and save the Nationals' TV deal. Because that is really what is holding back the Washington Nationals, not only in just TV revenue, but also probably selling the team and what the learners think that they could get for the Washington Nationals moving forward. But now, the Angelos. You're out the picture. David Rubenstein, welcome to Baltimore. And also for the Orioles, I don't hate the Orioles. I like the Orioles. I'm rooting for them. Good for them. You finally have that tyrant out of the building. You're a Washington fan. If you're a Commanders fan, you know what it's like to have a tyrant in the building. It's not a fun time. So congratulations to Orioles fans because it's great news for them, but it's also great news for Washington fans. And again, the word to think about is that you've got hope this could be fixed in one way or the or another. We'll just have to see what transpires moving forward, but at this moment in time, I think it's pretty safe to say as a Washington Nationals fan, you should be pretty pretty damn excited about this move and the possibilities of what could happen moving forward. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast and of course, check us out wherever you get your pods just search Locked on Nationals, and that is where you'll find the latest on your favorite team. Next, we're going to talk about what this could mean for the Nats' sale. You all remember it. We all do. What could this mean for this team moving forward? And ultimately, what will happen? I'll tell you about that after I tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. And of course, happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football food, snacks, and placing some super bets. I love Super Bowl Sunday because, of course, you can just go in and make some nice, solid bets that we all can. So make sure when you do that, go to our friends at FanDuel because they have so many different ways for you to end the season with a big W or two, or three, or four, whatever you want. New customers can join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And now we get back into it as, again, the Orioles' sale and what this could mean for the Washington Nationals' sale. Well, let's just kind of start it off right here and right now. I don't think this is a bad thing necessarily overall, but there is some bad parts of the Orioles' sale and what this could mean for the Washington Nationals. Right now, the O sold for $1.75 billion. That is a little bit cheaper then considering what I would have expected at this moment in time, obviously I'm no mathematician, I'm not a businessman, but from just kind of looking at it and eyeballing it, I thought they could maybe get 1.9. I don't necessarily know what the exact figure is, but 1.75 seems a little cheap, in my opinion. Right now, the learner's asking price is $2.4 billion. Right now, Forbes, I believe, has them estimated at a $2 billion rate. That is 16th highest in all of baseball. The learners, one thing is for sure, they are smart business people. They know how to run a business. They do. They're very good at it. And again, the one thing that I've always said, and it is so true, billionaires, they don't become billionaires by spending their money. So here's the thing. The price in general, obviously kind of bothers me just a little bit. Because I believe the Angels probably left some on the table. I could be very wrong in that aspect of it, but from just kind of eyeballing it and seeing what baseball is nowadays, seeing what the Angels could have got just last year, there's a lot of different things to worry about. So the the Orioles selling for $1.75 billion is a little tad concerning if you are part of the camp that wants the learner family to sell. Here's the big issue though. The learners, they are not going to budge. In years past, like when they've had naming rights issues with Nationals Park, when they've tried to get some name sponsors in here, or whatever it is, they've actually refused, I believe, have refused things like that and whatever sponsor would be on the stadium's name because they didn't believe that they're getting their bang for their buck. If it's just me, I'm looking at it from above and saying, well, X amount of money is better than zero amount of money. Am I right? They don't see it that way. They want to get what their worth is. Ted Leelsis and David Rubenside, I believe, was in this deal as well. They offered around $2 billion and really just over $2 billion for the Washington Nationals. Now, it has been rumored in years past that $2.4 billion, kind of what Steve Cohen got the New York Mets for, that's really what the Nationals want. Now, are they going to get that? I don't necessarily know. Can they get that? I'm sure they probably could maybe down the line. But again, I think Masson is a big stepping stone. In this issue. So, the big, again, the overwhelming issue here is I think the Orioles probably left a little bit on the table. They probably left a little bit more money on the table. Now, obviously, when you're a billionaire trying to buy a baseball team, trying to buy any professional sports team, in which at this moment in time, you have to think that the learners are still kicking the tires on a sale. It just makes most sense at this moment in time. And it doesn't really seem as if they're all the way in in the way that they have been in years past. But now with this, it kind of opens up a pretty big can of worms in what could happen and what could transpire from this. But ultimately, I don't think this is the best of things that the Orioles sold for this price at this time. What does this mean for the Washington Nationals? Now again, you're not selling the team based on having Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman and all your big prospects there. That doesn't necessarily drive up your price. It puts lipstick on a pig. That's really all that is. But going forward now, what does this mean for the Nats? Because this is kind of something I've been trying to wrap my head around. And ultimately, I kind of got to the jurisdiction that it's not as good as it may seem. Selling the Nationals, again, is amazing for what mass it is. It gives you some hope. It gives you something that you can maybe lean on. And maybe the learners could figure out something with David Rubenstein, as well as Ted Leonsis, and work this entire thing out, which then may lead to a national sale. But now with this the price tag is concerning because the learners they're not going to sell for something that they believe is a low ball offer. In which at this moment in time you just have to think the offers that they have gotten from Ted Leonsis and whoever may else may be in the bidding for this, they probably don't see it that way. So now with the Nationals, you got a couple different options here. Number 1, learners could still very well own this team moving forward and that could still be the case. That's going to be fine, I guess. But we all kind of know this. You're a little tired of the learner family. You want something new. You want that new, fresh toy that you can play with. We all do. We all want that fresh, squeaky toy. It's just not here right now. Option number two, the Nationals sell, but at what price? Because that's what we all keep coming back to. I don't think the learner family will sell this team for something that is not worth it in their eyes. They're going to want their asking price and ultimately, they're going to get their asking price. And as the years go on, the asking price is probably going to get higher and higher and higher. I don't think they're going to be selling it for $2.4 billion in the year of 2027. It's going to be somewhere like 2.8, 2900000000 I don't necessarily know how that will work. But at this moment in time, looking at it from this peripheral view, I think that the Nationals in this, the Orioles sale, probably doesn't mean all too great if you're wanting to sit here today and want a national sale. Now, maybe this opens up the TV rights deal. Maybe the nationals get their own network and they finally get the money that they deserve. That may open it up for a national sale. That may open it up for 10 ounces or whoever wants to buy the Washington nationals and say, okay, we'll read your, we'll get your asking price now because we've got the TV deal situated. That's a very likely outcome that could happen, but ultimately it's a big shot in the dark that the learner family is going to say, yeah, we'll sell it now. Because if they do get that figured out, then what they're asking price may, be, may have been two years ago, may be a little bit different now. May go up a little bit. Who really knows at this moment? But now, as far as a sale goes, again, this Orioles sale is a big positive for the Nationals overall. But if you're in the camp of wanting learners to sell the team, I don't really think this was a great move. Because again, it opens up business for them again. They could get this TV deal situated. And then this could mean something great for the Nationals going forward, like maybe they start to spend a little bit more money with more revenue coming in. Because one thing's for sure that you cannot argue as fans, they have gotten screwed over time after time after time when it comes to this TV deal. So there is hope, and there should be hope. But ultimately, if you're looking for a Nat sale, I don't think the hope is really there for you right at this moment in time. And I could be wrong, but that's the way that I look at it, sitting here on January 31st, 2024. Thank you all for making Locked On Nets your first listen every single day because we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And, of course, check us out over on Twitter and check myself out over on Twitter at clary 11 Make sure to follow the show page at LO underscore Nationals while you're at it. Search Locked On Nationals wherever you get your pods and hit that subscriber button next. The Nationals, they've invited a ton of prospects to spring training. I'll tell you who that is and who I'm most excited to see after I tell you guys about our good friends over at eBay Motors. And guys, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Again, that is eBay Motors. You want to check them out. Now we get back into it as the Washington Nationals have released who they have invited to their spring training, and it's non-roster invitees, obviously highlighted by some major prospects for this Washington Nationals team. Let's get into it. Outfielder Dylan Cruz, outfielder Robert Hassel III, outfielder James Wood, Darren Baker, infielder slash utility guy, whatever you want to see there for this Nationals team. Third baseman Brady House, infielder Trey Lipscomb, and of course, left-handed pitcher Joe Lasorsa. Ooh, those are some big-name prospects outside of Joe Lasorsa, obviously, there. Juan Yepes as well, not a surprise there, invited to spring training. He's going to be competing for this Washington Nationals first base job, in my humbled opinion. But this is exciting. The Nationals, they've got a lot of big-time prospects. Joining them in spring training, you could be seeing a lot of these guys up in the big leagues, maybe sometime this summer, maybe going forward, Dylan Cruz could be later in August, maybe. Who knows at this moment? But the Nationals, they've got a lot of guys going up there. And you've got the big three with Brady House, Dylan Cruz, and James Wood going to spring training. You can even consider Robert Hassel part of that as well. Darren Baker, Juan Yepez. A lot of these different guys. Trey Lipscomb. A lot of different guys that the Nationals are inviting to spring training. You're going to see a lot of at-bats, hopefully, for all those guys and really what this means for the Nationals, this tells you what they think about them. They're excited. This is about the future. This is about building towards what could be happening in 2025. David Martinez spoke about this at a season ticket holder event. They're excited for the future. They believe in the direction that this organization is headed. So as these games in spring training kind of roll out, you're going to see Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Brady House, All these big prospects going up against big league talent and playing with some of the guys already up there, making a difference. CJ Abrams, Lane Thomas, all the different guys. Keybert Ruiz, Mackenzie Gorge, Josiah Gray. The rest of these guys in this rebuild and all these big time prospects, the Nationals have been kind of cooking up down in the minor leagues. They're going to be making their way up to Washington, D.C. relatively soon. And that is an exciting aspect of this spring training because last year you saw a handful of at-bats between the few of them but i think this year you're gonna see a lot of that i think you're gonna see a lot of big at-bats for brady house james wood dylan cruz all the different prospects that you want to see that's an exciting part of this nationals rebuild thank you all for making locked on Nats your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever You get your podcast, and of course, check us out wherever you get your pods. Just search Locked On Nationals there. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Have a good one.